Reaching the Summit Women's Basketball Podcast is dedicated to supporting the Summit League and its student-athletes by commending their accolades and talking hoops. This podcast is hosted by a washed-up NAIA golfer, avid sports fan, and jackrabbit at heart, Madison Van Walligan Boston. You may not think that this league is, is cutthroat or intense or whatever you want to call it, but it is. It is my best attribute. So we've got a dog, a cat, um, a bearded dragon named Steve. Welcome back to Reaching the Summit Women's Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, your one and only host, Madison Van Walligan Boston. I'm so excited to be back tonight. I'll tell you what, I'm looking for a social media intern, um, unpaid position. I'm having a little trouble keeping up and tweeting with all of the games, mostly because every time there are Summit League Women's Games, one of the Clemson teams has a home game and I have to work. Um, last time it was hosting Duke on Saturday. We did not even get all of the students in the gate until after tip off. Um, and I'm pretty sure that the fire marshal was like not happy with us. He let us let extra people in. But every student that stayed and waited in line and like stuck it out did get in. But it was very, very, very close. However, I didn't get yelled at by anyone and I really thought that I would. So... But that has been taking up a lot of my time, and I've not been able to tweet as much as I would like to. So I sincerely apologize if you're someone that follows us and follows us for game updates specifically. I'm sorry that I have not been able to give you those in a timely manner. Um, If you would like to be an unpaid social media intern, let me know because I could use the help on the Twitter. That being said, what do we have for you tonight? Well, pretty typical. We're going to recap Saturday's games, not Thursday's because our last episode came out on Friday. So we already did that. So we're going to recap Saturday's games. We've got an interview for you. It's a great one. It might be the best one so far. I said that on purpose just to piss off Dosha Woods. Um, Yeah, this is definitely my favorite interview. Better than anyone else I've ever had on the show. And then after that, we're going to preview upcoming games and we'll get out of here we'll just do what we always do i am like extremely sleep deprived i didn't sleep last night i don't really know why um so if i'm like wacky and everywhere today not that i'm not that way normally but it be what it be right okay Let's get into Saturday's games. So St. Thomas and Western both found their second wins in the league on Saturday. We'll start with St. Thomas. They pulled off a one-point home victory over Oral Roberts in Schechner Arena. 19 points from Maggie Neegard, 15 points and 8 rebounds from Jade Hill, 12 points from Amber Scalia, 11 points and 8 rebounds from Jordan Glynn, and 9 points from Joe Langman as well. Again, one-point victory, um, 76 to 75, I believe the final score was. However, 
hotter offense than we're used to seeing with St. Thomas. If you remember last week when we got to talk to Coach Sin, um, in one game specifically, they had scored like 20 points more than their average, which would be in the 70s, scoring 20 points more. So I'm glad to see them scoring that high. I think that's going to be super important this weekend when they play Western, but we'll get to that at the end of the episode. I don't want to get ahead of myself. Fairly spread out scoring effort for the Tommies. For Oral Roberts, Hannah Cooper and Delaney Nix played the full 40 minutes. I could never. Um, I play golf for a reason. Hannah Cooper dropped 33 points and Delaney Nix netted 27. 11 rebounds for Ruthie Oduomo, um on Saturday. Not quite enough for the Golden Eagles to get it done up in Schechner, but still an outstanding performance um, from Hannah, Delaney, and Ruthie and the rest of the team, of course. Moving on to Western Illinois getting their second victory. They notched their victory over the Ruse of Kansas City, 78-68, to 68, so 10 points, fairly convincing. Anna Dietz set a career high on Thursday. You may remember that I told you that last week. And then broke it on Saturday with 35 points. We're going to talk about her a bit more when we talk to Coach Gravina later in the episode. 18 points from Addie Brownfield for the Leathernecks. Seven rebounds apiece for Dietz, Brownfield, Elizabeth Lutz, and Alyssa Dins. So the Leathernecks are definitely working the glass, spreading out those rebounds, and I definitely think that it helped them in this win over Kansas City. I did see on Twitter today that Elizabeth Lutz recently scored her 1,000th point. I'm not sure if that was on Saturday or not, but I definitely want to congratulate her for that. Uh, Tori Nelson also broke 1,000 this season up at SDSU. I don't know if I talked about that or not, so congrats to her. There have been several, and it's getting very hard to keep up with everyone, but honestly, so great that that's happening all across the league. I love to see that. There is one more that I do want to talk about, but I'm saving her for a bit later on. So back to this game, the Ruse were led by Elise Stafford, no surprises there whatsoever, with 24 points, followed by Rain Green with 14, but as mentioned, came up just a bit short in Western Hall. South Dakota State doubled up USD on Saturday, 118 to 59. You did hear that correctly. Six Jackrabbits in double fingers. As a Jackrabbit fan, I love it. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Peyton Burkhart with 22 points, 8 rebounds. Maya Selland and Haley Timmer notch 19 points apiece. 14 for Paige Meyer, 12 for Drew Gilton, and Maddie V put up 11 points. For the Yotes, Carly Duffney led them with 14 points and 4 boards. Grace Larkins also scored 10 points for the Yotes. Jax has certainly proved at this point that there is a gap between one and the rest of the league. Not going to say too much more because I don't want to piss anybody off, um, but it, it is what it is at this point. They're certainly sitting pretty um, right now. North Dakota schools both came out on top on Saturday and both with double-digit victories with North Dakota over Denver 68-57 to and NDSU over Omaha 83-71. to In UND's win over Denver, Casey Baravich led all scorers with 23 points back to her usual ways after a game or two that were maybe not quite looking like herself. Four in double figures for Denver, though. Michaela Brandon got it done with 14 points. Allie Har had 11. Michaela Manette and Madeline Atkins with 10 points apiece. I believe Brando had a double-double, too. I think she had 15 rebounds. So 14 points, 15 rebounds for Michaela Brandon. 
absolutely exceptional performance from her. Not enough for the Pios um, on Saturday or on Monday. We'll get there too. Um, but definitely seeing the improvement and seeing the offense get a little bit more explosive and seeing Denver help itself out on defense a little bit more as well. As far as North Dakota State, Hamling and Evans combined for 46 points to get it done for the Bison. I believe uh, Heaven Hamling had 26 and Evans had 20 points. While it wasn't enough for Omaha, Elena Pilakuta led all scorers in that game and tallied 28 points for the Mavs. Now, I'm not sure if this was Saturday or Monday. I believe it was Monday when she broke the 1,000-point mark. Huge freaking congratulations to her. I I don't know what it is. I just love this girl. I love the way she plays. I know I was talking to someone um, who's in and around the league earlier this morning, and they, they had commented on how she kind of just stays in her lane and doesn't do anything out of her wheelhouse. And I was like, yeah, but she does make that her lane, though. Like Elena's lane, capital EP, that is her lane. You better not set foot. And I love that from her. I love that we're seeing her explode a little bit more. I love that she's scoring damn near 30 points. I love it. So congratulations to you, Elena, again. You're literally my favorite. You're amazing. Let's talk about that Monday night win for Omaha. 19 points for Kennedy Grant, 18 for Pilakuda. For the Pios, Michaela Brandon was added again, 13 points to lead her team, the only Pio in double digits that night. Omaha led the entire game with the exception of two ties um, at different points in the game. Denver did have the edge on rebounding and even had four blocks. Just seems as though the offense has been a bit cold for Denver. They couldn't really get it going on Monday. Didn't really seem to get it going as much in games past either. Obviously, I hope to see a change in that. I It's weird. I'm so competitive. But now that I'm in like this position, this like podcasting thing, whatever I'm doing, I don't really know what I'm doing, by the way. But whatever this is that I'm doing, now I'm like, I just hope both teams have fun, like, which is really weird for me because I've always been this competitive person. But I really want this league, like I would love for it to be even more cutthroat than it is. And it is really cutthroat, by the way. You might not think that because you're like, oh, SDSU is out here doubling up USD and nobody else matters. And it's like, yeah, in some ways that's the case. But on the other hand, if you look at how often there's a tie in the league standings, like just because you have one team at the top does not mean that the rest of the league is not tough. And you've seen that one team at the top crap their pants a couple times too, right? So just saying, you may not think that this league is is cutthroat or intense or whatever you want to call it, but it is. And honestly, having everyone in Sioux Falls this year, I think is going to prove that. Just you wait. That's all I'm saying. Just you wait. All right. Well, before I get any crazier, um, it's time for my favorite part, especially of this episode, with our best interview ever, and that is J.D. Gravina. So I'm going to drop that in and let y'all listen to that, and I'll be back.
Welcome back to the show, everyone. We're here with our fifth interviewee of the season, and that is Western Illinois head women's basketball coach and former Macomb Celebrity Death Pool champion, J.D. Ravina. J.D., we're excited to have you back. Yeah, thanks for being here. It's uh, I was wondering when I'd make your, your podcast roll call, so uh, it's good to see you say the best for fifth. <laughs> the best for fifth, absolutely. I have to ask, are you still a former Celebrity Death Pool champion, or are you um, the reigning? I am I am the current and rating eight eight years straight. So I'm starting Still to get a reigning. reputation around here. Yep. Okay. So who who was the uh, the winning pick last year then? Because obviously 2022 just ended. Yeah, well it was a pretty crazy year in celebrity death pool. You know, you had the Queen, you had Barbara Walters, you had Pele, there was got Pope Benedict. There was kind of a, a big rush at the end. So, you know, I like I like more fringe names, people you've probably never heard of. The only rule is you have to have a Wikipedia page. So um, you know, I, I really get deep down into the research, but, uh, I've learned a lot about a lot of, uh, a lot of D-list celebrities. So I, I like to think of it more as a memorial pool than a, than a death pool. I just can't get enough of this ever since we first brought it up. Um, just to let you know, it will be brought up like every year that we do this. So I know it's your favorite thing about me. So it's, oh. it, it is my best, it is my best attribute probably. Absolutely. <laughs> Well, the Leathernecks are two and six in the conference, but certainly some close games in there. So don't be fooled. But coach, before we get into basketball, I was told to ask, who is your favorite coach in the league? And why is it Dosha Woods? <laughs> I had a feeling that question came from Dosha. And um, the, the obvious answer is because she's a Leatherneck, you know, true and true. She's a WIU women's basketball alum. And uh, we are super close. You know, we text each other before and after most games. And uh, she gives me a lot of good advice. Um, so, you know, it's, uh, it's always nice to have Dosha in the league. Well, she texted me this morning and told me to make it clear that she loves Twitter more than you. Um, so as <laughs> soon as we, true. as soon as we get off of the call, I will be putting out a Twitter poll, um, from the, the brand account for who is a better tweeter between JD and Dosha. So okay. that'll, be that'll be a battle. It, absolutely. <laughs> well, the real reason that we're here, I want to ask you first and foremost about Anna Dietz setting a career high and then breaking it 36 hours later. Um, she's seventh in the league in scoring and sixth in rebounding as far as conference only stats go. Just talk to me about her presence on the floor thus far. Yeah, Anna, someone, you know, she's funny. I think back to when we um, were recruiting her and signed her. And um, we were her only division one offer. You know, I remember kind of going back and forth on her. I just kept watching her. And every time I watched her, I saw more of the small things she did and just kind of loved her more and more. And uh, was was pretty proud to be her only D1 offer. And then really has came in and had a good career and just continually got better. And one thing about Anna is um, she is one of our top two or three defenders. She's one of our top two or three rebounders. And when you can set that standard, those are things you can do consistently. And so even though she's a shooter um, and, and kind of shooters are naturally more up and down, but since she set that baseline of being a consistent defender and rebounder, I think that's really helped her and that's helped her offense. And she's having a lot of fun this year. You know, I was just talking to our sports psychologist um, on campus and, and he was noticing how, you know, Anna's a lot of smiles out there and seems to be enjoying it. And I, I think that goes a long way and, and shows a lot of leadership. She's not intimidated by anyone. Um, she probably leads the league in charges taken if they kept that stat, you know, which is a huge thing for us. And so it's nice to see her kind of she's had a pretty good offensive year all year, but to really get hot as of late, um, finish around the basket, maybe a little bit more than she has continue to get to the free throw line. And then we know she's a knockdown shooter. So she's been really fun to coach and 
she's that kid you want, you know, if, if you're going to take a lot of shots that, that is going to be one of your hardest workers, one of your best defenders, one of your toughest kids. So um, I, I've been really proud of her and she's been a joy to coach. Absolutely. Well, to continue on the offensive side, Jada Thorpe has played one less game than Anna and some of the other names we're used to seeing, but she's still second in scoring and first in average uh, points per game. Talk to me about how she leads your offense kind of alongside Anna. Yeah, I mean, Jada's been, she's one of our most experienced kids along with Elizabeth Lutz and probably Anna. And, uh, you know, she's had a a tougher kind of up and down year, Um, you know, with uh, the thing about Jada, she's a very high volume kid. You know, she, um, the game she's played has almost always led us in attempts. And so I think that makes it tougher, um, like talking about Anna, when you're having a good shooting night versus a bad shooting night and, and, and having that consistency as far as minutes go. But um, the, the thing about Jada is when teams get real, when get, get out and pressure um, and try to guard hard, Jada can really break you down off the dribble. Um, and she does a great job getting to the free throw line. Um, so she's uh, she can definitely give us something maybe a little bit different. You know, if teams play a matchup zone or a little softer, man, we have lots of kids that can get in and, and be effective against that. But when a team gets up and pressures a little bit, I think that's where Jada can kind of separate herself. Well, obviously, we've heard that there's no doubt your offense is and has the potential to be even more explosive. I want to talk about the Kansas City game. They had a, a fairly decent offensive performance as far as I would say one of their best all year um, when they played you last week, but you managed to kind of contain that. What are you focusing on defensively that will help your team continue to kind of contain these high octane offenses across the league? Yeah. Well, you know, I I think we've definitely set the standard that we're going to be a a man-to-man defensive team. And I think we actually have the team to do it. We're a little undersized, um, but we're really active um, and have some kids, some kind of some guards that can that can maybe battle um, like a, a four player, or a, a stronger guard. And so um, but we we still play a little bit of our of our matchup zone. That I think we're kind of known for and the UMKC game was a good example. I think mixing it up a little bit helped. But what we're focused on is just really playing hard, really having active you know, quick feet all the time. You know, my, uh, my four-year-old comes home from daycare and tells me we have to have walking feet inside um, and, you know, nice touches. And so, you know, one thing I'm talking about with my team is, is having sprinting feet all the time in defense, not just when you're on the ball, not just when you're one pass away, uh, but all the time when you're battling in the post, when you're two passes away, when you're the weak side defender. And so I think just playing hard defensively, we have gotten better. This, this I think is um, especially, you know, as we've improved lately, I think this has been one of the better defensive teams I've had, at least as far as uh, um, getting down and playing good man-to-man defense. Absolutely. Well, it's certainly been fun to watch thus far. Um, It feels like we're not very far into the season, but also super far into the season at the same time. So it's going fast, but I'm, I'm looking forward to the rest of the season. It is going really fast. It's hard to believe we're basically halfway through, but almost halfway through the, you know, the, the conference season and uh, through that first round. So, and the conference is so crazy this year with, with so many teams kind of packed in. Um, it's it's going to be a real interesting last few months. And we said that last year too. That's what I can't get over is I, every time I look at the standings, I'm like, tie, tie, tie. <laughs> Everybody's tied. It's definitely um, going to one or two games, you know, at the end and some tiebreakers and all the scenarios. And that'll be for smarter people than me to, to figure out. <laughs> well, and the, with everyone going to Sioux Falls too. It just, it's a whole different dynamic. So I'm really excited to see what it happens. Really is. And I, I really like that change. I mean, I, I think, you know, A, just from a logistics point of view, but also just, you know, really having something to play for and knowing, you know, I think that, that 
Um, those those first two games are going to be really interesting, and you're going to get a game in in Sioux Falls, you know, to kind of get in rhythm. And um, heck, even I mean, obviously, I would love to finish, you know, fourth, fifth, somewhere in there. But but with where we've been in, in conference and kind of I think in a rebuilding year, like even looking at, at a possible seven seed, you know, you get a game in in Sioux Falls. Um, and then if you win, you know, you're playing against a team who, who has been off for a week or so. Um, and plus, if you're in that, that seven ten game, you're avoiding most likely South Dakota state, which I think we all would enjoy doing. So, um, I, I think there's a lot to play for this year and I like that change. Absolutely. Well, we're going to move into our summit roulette. Apologies for any noises you hear. My dog has decided that this is a great time to eat lunch and wrestle with her toy on the floor. I cannot handle it. What kind of dog is it? Oh, uh, she's a Brittany. So yeah. she's very high energy bird dog. <laughs> she, the funny part is before we got on the call, she was all cuddly on the couch. She was napping for like the past three hours. But as soon as we started talking. So I'll find it out. Yeah. yeah. I'm well, sure you know all about that with, with little ones. Yeah. I've got little ones. I've got a lot of pets around the house and we've got a dog, a cat, um, a bearded dragon named Steve who has been a very popular addition to our family. If you uh, follow me on Snapchat, which I don't think you do, but uh, Steve gets a lot of pub time on there. So I'm used to the the pup noise. I love that. All right. We're going to move into our summit roulette. So my first question for you is what song would make you bust a move? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, Man, there's a lot of good ones, you know, and uh, I've always, I've always really liked. Yeah. I mean, just a good old solid dancing song, you know, when it, when that DJ slides out and you hear that, you know, just, man, it just, everyone gets excited. I know it's kind of old school, but uh, I'm an old school type of guy. So. Well, I can tell you how old school that is. I think I was uh, in fourth grade when that came out. (laughs) I did. I did feel that was very relevant. Just the fact that they will still play that, you know, I would say at the club, I don't really go to the club anymore, but you know, if you're at a, a nice place in Vegas, you know, you still might, you still might hear that. And I will tell you this, I came up with like the best uh, mashup ever. And Aaron Horn, that used to be the assistant at South Dakota, who is a uh, DJ, uh, we kind of collabed and um, we, we mashed up. Yeah. By Usher with um, reunited and it feels so good. And it is literally the best mashup you'll ever hear. I, if I get is a chance, I'll find it. Do oh, we have evidence? It, it, it is. It is just, it's unbelievably fire. It's unreal. All right. I will, I will have to get my hands on that. Um, who has put you on skates in practice this year? Oh, all of them. Um, and I love to get in, to get in and play with them. Um, but definitely Allie Meadows, um, our freshman point guard. Definitely Jada Thorpe. She's crossed me a couple of times. Um, and then I, I have some some players I kind of beef with, like me and Mallory McDermott. Like I, I try to guard her pretty hard because I know she's a shooter and um, she's she's made some plays. And then Kennedy Flanagan. I don't know why. Like whenever I'm guarding her in practice, she just you know turns into LeBron. So um, unfortunately, it's a pretty popular thing to put me on skates. <laughs> I really um, slowed down in my old age. I used to be pretty quick. What is a memorable coaching moment that you've had so far this season? Um, a memorable coaching moment. Um, you know, I think the win against South Dakota, uh, was definitely just because of their history, you know, a sweet 16 team last year. And I know they've had a ton of injuries and, um, 
lost a lot of experience. But just from a program standpoint, you know, to, to beat them in front of our home crowd was really special uh, just because of, of what they've been in the league. And that's a, that's a compliment to them as well. But for our girls to step up and do that was uh, very memorable. And then lastly, what do you love about the Summit League? Uh, mostly just making fun of AJ, I think. And uh, <laughs> it's probably my favorite thing, you know, and uh, we, we've got kind of a friendly, not, not really a rivalry. I just think, you know, first of all, they're always so good, you know, so you kind of maybe I, I'm never one that wants to bully someone who's down or kick someone that's down. So since they're always good, it's like easy for me. And I, for some reason, I think I can push his buttons a little bit and I, you know, I just do little things to uh, to make him feel uncomfortable. Um, one year I complimented his belt um, before the game and it just really threw him off. And it was great, you know, and then I think they beat us by 30. So he always gets the last laugh. But um, I'm kind of like the the wily coyote, I think, to, to his road runner. He never like looks uncomfortable. Like you literally cannot rattle the dude. At <laughs> least I rattled my- him before. It's behind just- the scenes. But I'll rattle yeah, him before. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure he'd admit to that. When you have him on the on the podcast, I'm going to send him that question. Okay, absolutely. Well, and I just, to defend AJ, we will continue to harass your players into missing free throws for free chicken. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being here. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Yeah, thanks for, uh, thanks for having me and everything you do for Summer League Women's Basketball. I mean, it's really neat to have um the podcast all the social media stuff and and give our players and all the all the uh young ladies in the league kind of that big time experience and and show that people really care about about our league about women's basketball and so it uh it means a lot i know what you do is all or mostly voluntary i don't know maybe they they throw you some buffalo wild wings every every now and then to to pay for this but uh i know you're busy too with everything you're doing in your life and uh, it's fun to follow so i really appreciate you Thank you. That's very kind of you. That is Coach J.D. Gravina and the Leathernecks of Western Illinois. Why can I not say Leathernecks? Wow. (laughs) Tough word. (laughs) It's a tough word. Um, Looking to swap spots in the standings with a win over St. Thomas at Schechner on Saturday. You can watch that game at 1 p.m. local time on the Tommy Athletic website. Don't go away. We'll be back with a weekend preview after this. Her Turn is a scholarship program designed to provide sport opportunities to young girls within the Brookings community who may not otherwise have the chance. Recipients of a Her Turn scholarship will be able to attend an SDSU athletic camp of their choice at no cost to their family. Not only will a scholarship recipient attend the athletic camp, but they will also experience a college campus, build relationships, and interact with positive female role models. In addition, Her Turn strives to reduce any barrier families commonly face in sport experiences. Her Turn will work with families to provide transportation to and from the camp, as well as provide necessary equipment to attend the camp. Her Turn is affiliated with the Brookings Foundation. If you want to make an impact on young female experiences in sport, you can check out the Her Turn website at herturnsd.org and also donate through the Brookings Foundation website or through Venmo at herturnsd. You can also find Her Turn South Dakota on your regular social media networks with the handle at her turn SD. What a fun dude. Great guy to be around in JD Gravina and just so much fun to have on the show. His banter is impeccable. I love it. That Twitter poll is out by the way. And as of right now, there have been 125 votes and JD Gravina is the better tweeter as of right now, 
with an 84%. He's at 84% and Dosha is at 16% of the 125 votes. So, Coach D, I don't know what to tell you, but you, I, when you texted me this morning and asked for me to make it clear that you love Twitter more than JD, really think that was a mistake. And I don't believe in mistakes, but I think that was a, a mistake because people do not think that you are the better tweeter. But there's still like a day and 18 hours left on this poll or something. I think I set it to go until Friday or, or something, Friday morning. So we'll see. We'll check in later. I will tweet out the final results. But as of right now, Dosha, it ain't you. It ain't you. All right. Let's look at our upcoming games. So tonight, if you're listening to this on the day that it was dropped, Thursday, January 19th, 2023, Oral Roberts will host North Dakota State at 7 p.m. local time. You can find that on the ORUSN. We love Oral Roberts Sports Network. Love also that it's free. Thank you very much. <laughs> South Dakota will travel to Denver. You can find that on Denver's website. There is a paywall, just a heads up. That will be at 7 p.m. local time. South Dakota State down I-90 to Omaha, 7 p.m. local time. You can find that on the Jackrabbit Sports Network for radio. Um, I do believe Omaha has a free stream as well on their website. And North Dakota at Kansas City, 7 p.m. local time. You can find that on the Home of Economy radio network. I've never heard of that. Assume it's a Kansas City thing. But I also believe that the Roos have a free stream on their website. So I do have to complain just a tad bit here. Um, because none of these games are on any, like, actual streaming platforms. And one of my buddies tweeted at the league about it today. And they had a good response. They said they were working on it. They were like, we're excited for what's to come in the future. And that's all good, fine, and dandy. I care about tonight. You know, like I do not have four laptops that I can pull four streams up on. If I had four laptops, I would tell you to investigate me because ain't nobody be having that many computers laying around the house. It's just a bit frustrating. And I don't want to get on too much of a soapbox, but like, I just want to remind everyone like what we're trying to do here. A commend the student athletes because they work damn hard and they deserve every accolade that they have earned and worked towards and they deserve this experience of like being recognized and I want to get them that I played golf right and not necessarily well all the time you would be amazed how much better I got when I actually started playing for fun um after college <laughs> instead of like playing because I was being competitive in college and my head was not where it should have been, right? But, like, when you play a sport like that, unless you're really, 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 really good, you don't really get recognized. And it's not that I did it for the recognition, but it'd be nice sometimes. You know what I mean? Like, it's nice when people, like, I remember going to Dakota Wesleyan and telling some of the athletes, like, I worked at a diner, at a small diner in Mitchell. Any of you that are from Mitchell know exactly what I'm talking about. But it was the type of diner, mom and pop, same people came in every day, twice a day, sat in the same booth, ate the same food, that type of thing, right? Like a little cozy mom and pop place. And I would hear these older people talking about Dakota Wesleyan basketball games. And I would go back to class and tell my friends like, hey, they're talking about you. And they're like, really? Like, like they couldn't believe it, right? 
and and I mean D-dub's not D1. So like I get I get that argument, but these athletes deserve to be talked about. And like that's why I'm here and that's what I'm doing. But on a bigger scale, these games deserve to be on some sort of network. Like, I don't care if you have to work out a deal with ESPN Plus. I don't care if you want to do what the Mountain West does and do like a Summit League network, but do something. This is my only beef with the league. Like, I don't have beef with the league. I love the league literally more than anyone should love a mid-major conference. Borderline obsessed with the Summit League, okay? Again, that's why I'm here. I love the league. I know it inside and out. It's like my favorite thing on the planet. My only beef with the league is like, y'all need to fix this. That's all I'm saying. All right. Off my soapbox. I'm sure that'll come up again. <laughs> so those are Thursday's games. On Saturday, South Dakota will be at Omaha, 12.05 p.m. local time. Okay. Um, that will be on Cox Your View out of Omaha, Western Illinois, at St. Thomas, 1 p.m. local time. That is the Lone Travel Partner game, so that's why you're not seeing those two play on Thursday. That will be in St. Paul up at Schechner Arena, and the Tommies do have a stream on their website. South Dakota State at Denver, 2 p.m. local. Uh, if you're in the Brookings area or if you have the app, you can listen to that on the Jackrabbit Sports Network. Otherwise, Denver has that stream behind a paywall on their website. North Dakota at Oral Roberts, 2 p.m. local time in Tulsa, ORU Sports Network again, and then North Dakota State at Kansas City, 2 p.m. local time. Bison 1660 Radio, Bison 1660, excuse them why I cannot speak, or the Kansas City stream on their website. That's what we've got upcoming. Now, Random reminder that I actually did not, it's not a reminder, it's actually a first time of you hearing this because I didn't say it before. Obviously, we talked about the Monday night game between Omaha and Denver. Omaha and Denver are both playing three games this week. Um, so it would be interesting to see how that plays out. The reason that's happening is because that very first game day, they were supposed to play on like Wednesday, December 21st. Um, everyone else played on Monday and then that travel partner game is supposed to be Wednesday, the week before Christmas, and it got like snowed out or whatever. So then they moved it. So that's why they're playing three games this week. Um, so keep an eye on that and see how they turn out at the end of their third game. I couldn't do that. Not three basketball games in a week. Girl can't even handle one. Again, I play golf. Moving on. What is my game of the week? My game of the week is the lone travel partner game with Western Illinois and St. Thomas. Western and St. Thomas are both two and six in conference play. And they are tied for eighth in the league. One of them is going to win, obviously, and kind of swap spots in the standings, get a lead on the other in the standings. And I think that, I, granted, it's early. We're not quite halfway through yet. But I think that that's the position for both of those schools going into Sioux Falls is going to be so incredibly important. A, for confidence, B, for avoiding South Dakota State, depending on where they get seated, and C, Western isn't new. St. Thomas is still new. Western is not new, um, but Western typically gets matched up against a school like SDSU in the first round of the tournament and typically doesn't make it out of that. Um, and I think that winning a first round game for them would be great, and I would love to see St. Thomas do the same. 
So when they play each other, uh, here's the other thing. I think that the second time they come around and play each other, they're going to be neck and neck in the standings. No matter whether it's fifth in the league or ninth in the league, they're going to be right there with each other. So I think it's going to be important for one of those teams to take both of those games, if that makes sense. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. I do actually think they're going to split their series, but that's a lot of a lot of predictions that are way off down the road. And we know that sometimes I'd say dumb shit that's not actually true um, or accurate. But <laughs> I do think they're going to split the series. That being said, I think it's important for one of them to just kind of take the lead and and take that entire series between the two of them. So we'll see what happens. Their offenses are quite similar right now. Western's offense is getting hot, as we mentioned Anna Dietz earlier. Um, St. Thomas offense has kind of stood still a bit. They did get hot there for about a week, and now they're kind of just at a plateau. They do earn about 18 points per game, if my math is correct. It's probably not. Um, but if it's correct, they do earn about 18 points per game on three-pointers. So for Western to stay ahead offensively, I think that they're going to have to pull out their perimeter defense and kind of rein that in. That being said, if Dietz is going to Dietz, I don't see an issue with Western picking up its third win um, and doing so in a convincing manner. So we shall see. We shall see. I've enjoyed spending another evening um, talking into my pretty pink microphone and my computer None of you can see me. Maybe eventually I'll start live streaming my podcast. Um, shameless plug, if you like Summit Volleyball, go follow the 7th Rotation podcast. Also my podcast, brand new. We just finished our first season. Will be coming back in the second season. Um, I will not have a co-host as of right now. It will just be me. So if you like listening to me blabber into the microphone all by myself, um, go follow the 7th Rotation, support your volleyball teams. I would absolutely love that. It is Summit League-based, Summit League-focused, just like this podcast is. So we do often talk about other teams, but our sole focus is the Summit. So if you like volleyball, if you want to learn about volleyball, if you want to start supporting your school's volleyball team or Summit League volleyball, follow the 7th Rotation because we share lots of volleyball news. Okay, great. I don't think I have anything else for you. So don't forget to stay on the summit. Don't forget to support the summit. Make sure to watch basketball this weekend. Tweet at me. I am working a game on Saturday. Um, Thursday night, I should be fairly free, though, so I can actually like be on the Twitter. Also, go vote in my Twitter poll. Tell me who's the better tweeter, Dosha Woods or J.D. Gravina. Thank you. Good night.